And we're live. Welcome to Don't Be Coy. I'm your host, Uncle Lou. And today I have the honor, pleasure, and the utmost appreciation to have with me today, Miss April Love. April, thank you for being on the show. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. All right, of course. So for the people at home, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, all right. So my name is April Love. Um, I am currently an attorney. Uh, my practice area is legislative, public policy type of things. Um, you know, some people do contracts. Some people like to litigate or go to court. You know, I like to listen to politicians all day, every day. <laughs> um, so I am originally from Louisville, Kentucky, partially raised military. When my dad retired, we moved to Mississippi. And so I've lived in Mississippi off and on for most of my life. Okay. No, that sounds great. I appreciate that. So just to give everyone a little bit of an overview of like what we're going to be talking about today. So as you may know, this is season two of Don't Be Coy. And the focus of this season is talking about like moments of transformation. So I'm going to ask you like a series of questions related to the past, present and future. And what we're going to be discussing is you know, how you came to be and what you were like in the past and present, if you will, and how you're using those lessons learned to be intentional and be present for your future. So if you're ready, I'm ready to start. Okay, let's do it. All right. So for the first question, what's your favorite song to start your day or your theme song? Okay. So I don't think I have a theme song. Well, my theme song changes every season, Okay. every week. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to start by saying that. So you never know what you're going to get when you get in my car. Um, <laughs> the song that I start my day with, okay? This is going to be a little off, but uh, it's usually something Daniel Tiger because I have a three-year-old. Mm. <laughs> um, so I usually start my day with a little bit of, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say it really does set a good tone for the day. Um, I will say I don't really listen to a whole bunch of music in the morning, I'm more of a podcast, NPR, a first type of girl. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, what I've been on lately is that new Drake album. Mm. So uh, I think the song name is Massive. I hope that's it. Um, but it's just like really giving me vibes of like being in a different country. So I think that right now that may be my theme song. I like to listen to it when I clean. Um, we listen to it in the car a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. What's so interesting to me is like that there's so much, I guess you could say, colorfulness to that. And like, I think that that might reflect to like the colorfulness as, as far as who you are as an individual. And so, like, I guess a deeper question that I would like to ask is uh, why do you feel like your your song might change by the season or like what you might decide to listen to may change depending upon um, the space that you're in? Um, so I wouldn't say that what I listen to depends on the space that I'm in, unless I'm like in the car with my mom or my dad. Mm. Um, but I think that like, so when I get in my car in the morning, um, and after I've listened to like whatever podcast I'm going to listen to, it could be a first, it could be Al Jazeera, it could be, you know, pot save the people if they've released a new episode. Um, 
it just depends on what I'm in the mood for. Like sometimes I may be listening to like nineties, like rap and hip hop. I might listen to that, that new Harry Styles album. That may be the vibe for the week. I may be linked into some TikTok playlist. It just depends on, you know, I guess you could say how my morning started. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, how things went getting in the car to head to school and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and I think that that's just, every day is different. Mm -hmm. And so my mood for what I listen to is going to be very different. Um, you know, it's the same as when my son, I I ask him, what do you want to watch on TV? It's different every day because he's in a different mood and a different space every day. Um, and I think that I'm, I'm the same way. I'm a little bit all over the place. Um, you know, some days I may want to listen to the new Drake album and then I'll be like, oh, I played that out. Mm-hmm. I, I can't listen to that anymore. You know, Brent dropped a new album, played that out. That was my mood for a little bit. Now I'm back to Drake. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I think that every day, every day is a little bit different. I will also say that what I hear on the podcast, you know, because they're reporting the daily news and what's going on, that may also influence what I listen to. You know, something I hear may make me very mad. Okay, I need to listen to like something that, you know, meshes with that. Or, you know, I may be, I may talk to a friend of mine on the phone, like my best friend, and we may plan a trip. And so then I I may want to listen to, you know, Harry Styles or something like that, because, you know, maybe he just did a concert there and I saw it on YouTube or TikTok or something like that. Or, um, you know, I may, she may say, oh, I want to go to New York. Well, now I want to listen to ASAP Rocky. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that it just depends on like who you're communicating with every day, um, you know, how your day started, um, how your day ended, what you're doing, the vibe you want. That's going to really determine what you're going to want to listen to. And that's, that's like how I kind of go with it. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Have I guess like just listening to you, what I was thinking about was like how how, you know, it's just dependent upon as far as just like the day and how it ebbs and flows and things of that nature. Were you always kind of like always in that kind of space where um, you just went with the flow or how things ebbed and flowed? Or like, um, I guess you could say like, um, is this something that's always been constant with you? Okay, so I will say that I only do that with music. Because every other aspect of my life is an Excel spreadsheet. Anybody that knows me will tell you that. I'm an Excel spreadsheet type of girl. I actually don't even like Excel because I can't organize it well enough. I like tables and charts on, like, Word. Uh, I'm I'm one of those. Yeah. Okay? So the only thing I guess you could say that does go with the flow and that does kind of, you know, just change is what I listen to, um, the music that I listen to. Everything else, I think, is just very planned, organized, orderly. I've always been like that since I was little. Um, so yeah, I think that that's a very telling evaluation that you just had. You were like, oh yeah, you just go with the flow. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Except for what I listen to. Or I'll even say like what I watch on TV will also fall into that category. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sitting up here watching a Spanish drama right? Mm-hmm. Like, I've been on that kick lately. Like, you know, Spanish are doing the dramas very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but 
for a while, I was watching K-dramas. Um, yeah. And, you know, I was watching the telenovelas and, you know, I watched the Turkish show. So, like, my, my TV choices also kind of mesh with that. You know, sometimes I want to watch reality TV. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I can't watch this anymore. Um, I need to watch something else. Sometimes I'm watching the news. Sometimes I take a break from the news. So those yeah. are the only two spaces in my life where it's just like vibing. Yeah, no, I understand that. So that's interesting that like um, it sounds like just the entertainment aspect of your life. It's um, like you said, is the only part that kind of ebbs and flows. Everything is else is kind of structured and whether it's tables, graphs, some type of spreadsheet, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. When you said tables and graphs, I'm like, wow, I really do put my life in tables and graphs. <laughs> I was actually right right before we jumped on here making a table for a meeting that I have later today. Yeah. Um, but no, you're right. I, I think that you're totally right. Um, you know, I've always been a structured type of girl. My mom was always really like structured. You know, she was one of the moms that was like, oh, if you want to go to somebody's house, if you want to do something... I need that in writing five to seven business days in advance. I'm just kidding. Um, but <laughs> she had to, she wanted to, to know things in advance. They wanted the details. They wanted it laid out. They wanted, to, you know, all of that kind of stuff before I was going and doing things with friends. Um, and so my mom is very orderly like that as well. Mm-hmm. And my dad was in the military, so also very orderly. So I think that that's just kind of who I am. But you know, my parents also on the entertainment, like five are also kind of free flowing. Like I'll walk in their house and they'll be, I'm like, why are you watching this? Like they're watching stranger things. And mm. I'm like, what, what is going on here? This is not what y'all watch. They're like, well, this is what we watch now. And I'm like, okay, okay. All right. <laughs> so I think that we're, we're all as a family kind of on the same the same wavelength to my son not so much he's a free spirit so Hmm. yeah i think it's interesting that like the aspects of your life that you can kind of control like um um for the entertainment and like the um tv portion of it if you will like tv music all those kind of things those are the things that kind of like ebb and flow but like the aspects of your Mm -hmm. life that when it comes to life you know it's it's kind of one of those things that you can't control, right? Like you can um, manage it as much as you can. You can have like tables and graphs and be organized and just different aspects, but there's just so many different factors that can play, um, that can lay impact upon whatever a plan that you have. But when it comes to the things that not necessarily fill your cup, because I'm sure there's other things in your life that, um, that you do for like pleasure or leisure, that um, besides like watching TV or listening to music, but it's interesting how like those are the things that you just ebb and flow. And so like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious around like how you distinguish those kind of stark differences between the two where it was like, not everything is going to be like, um, I guess you could say organized or like managed in a um, systematic approach, but like more so around like where you are at presently in that space. I think that that kind of speaks a lot of volume to like not only just like you as an individual, but as you mentioned as well, like your father, your mother, even your son also takes on this aspect of um, 
being more, I guess you could say, not necessarily relaxed, but less stringent on um, the things that can help refill you as opposed to the things that help um, propel you, if that makes sense. Yeah, no. Um, so I, I don't actually don't think I noticed that until like you asked that follow up question. Um, and, you know, as much as I love a good plan, I always know that plans fall through. So I always have a backup plan. That's always been my thing. Like when I chose my major in undergrad, I chose a major that you could do anything with. Like I didn't I didn't do, you know, I, I shied away from doing like political science or history because that kind of like puts you in a in a bubble. I chose English as my major um, because at, you know, at the school I went to, it was very uh, centered on history anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so it was kind of like you can choose any major um, and you can still get a lot of emphasis on history. You can still get a lot of emphasis like I work in advocacy right now. Um, and I picked up a lot of my skills and advocacy from being an English major. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, I always have like, when I sat down and I was like, I need to pick my major, I need to pick a major. I was like, oh, okay, I'll do English because, you know, I can do this with it. I can do that with it. I can do this with it. I can do that with it. You know, uh, I went back and forth. I was like, should I do history? Should I do political science? Should I do... I'll do English because you can still, you know, people do political science when they want to be an attorney. Um, they, that's what they always say. That's the major that you have to do. FYI, that's not the major that you have to do. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I was like, uh, but then what if I like take a pre-law class and I hate it? Um, <laughs> then I'm stuck with a political science degree and I don't want to do political science or law. Um, you know, if I do history and I'm like, not feeling working in the jobs that people who do at the time, I didn't even know what people with history degrees did. Um, you know, Oh, now I'm stuck doing that. So as much as I love having a plan and for my plan to work out, my plans never work out, but I always have a backup plan, mm. um, backup chart. Backup, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I never have a backup chart. Um, <laughs> but I always like to build in like options. Um, you know, I, I fully understand that things things fall through, things don't go according to plan. Sometimes you don't get the job, sometimes you don't, um, you know, get the grade that you want, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so kind of like when you build in backup plans and stuff like that, that's kind of like how I operate. Um, as I said, it, and I also have to build in backup plans when it comes to my son because he is so... Like, uh, he's a bit more free-spirited, um, you know, he is who he is, even at three. Um, and so I, there is no such thing as a plan for him. Yeah. So, you know, when we're headed out the door, we will most likely be late. Um, <laughs> we will be grabbing our Spider-Man mask on the way out. We will be showing up to the function with a Spider-Man mask on. Um, you know, and I think that I also think that becoming a parent, especially a single parent, that really taught me that the plans are like really out the door. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes you're not going to have a babysitter. Sometimes you're not going to have have childcare, and you have to have a backup plan for that. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I really learned that 
Like, I think that that's when my whole, you got, you got to have a, you got one, you got two, you got three ways things can go. I think that that's when that really was like, that really started because every single plan that I had when I was pregnant fell through. Mm. So everything fell through. Yeah. Everything from where I wanted to send them for daycare. I got to the daycare. Oh, we have a waiting list. It's five years. Okay. So where am I supposed to send my kid? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, oh, I'll just hire somebody to come to the house. Couldn't find anybody to come to the house. Um, oh, I'll take them to my aunt. Traffic's too bad in Baton Rouge to take them to, to my aunt's house every day. Mm-hmm. You know, everything fell through. Um, and so I think that I learned a lot to be flexible there. Um, and and I think that I've been getting a bit more flexible in my daily life. But I do work in an industry where there's not where you have to be <laughs> flexible but you, but others can't be flexible with you a lot of times. So I gotta, I still have to kind of stick to my charts, graphs, schedules, plans, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that that's very interesting as far as just like um, how that flexibility has like transferred into like other aspects of your life. Like when you were mentioning about like the TV shows that you were watching, like right now you're watching like Spanish dramas, but before then it was like yep, K-dramas. And it's good. Yeah, Spanish dramas are really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely, I definitely commend you on that one. That and K dramas. I never thought like uh, I would be really into like Korean dramas and all that kind of stuff. What I always appreciate about like the drama aspect is like the drama is so like it's predictably intense. If that makes any sense to you, like yes, <laughs> it's a very safe genre mm-hmm. i guess you could say yeah Cause, and because the, they all kind of also follow a similar storyline right so like like i've heard that like people who rewatch stuff over and over again are people who like crave that like safe predictability yeah. um i'm here to say i'm one of those people i will rewatch gossip girl over and over again <laughs> um like certain movies we're watching them over and over again uh, I, I'm not ashamed to say that Emily in Paris, which is on Netflix, mm-hmm. I have watched too many times. Yeah. Like, my best friend was at my house last week. She came down. She came from L.A. for my uh, son's birthday party. Mm-hmm. And she would come in and she'd be like, are you still watching this? <laughs> Did you start this show over again? like I've been here for a week did you just put this on it's just it's so embarrassing but yeah. you know she does the same thing with her little with her shows and movies so she can't even talk but I was like dang everybody doesn't do this <laughs> like rewatch stuff over and over again but but yeah so I think that like the K-dramas and certain shows um like offer a certain predictable space. I think everybody does it. Like my dad watches Westerns. Um, well, he doesn't watch them too much anymore, but my grandmother watches Westerns. My dad watches Westerns. And I think they're very predictable. My dad has recently gotten into British shows. I don't even know what to call them. It's like with the police officers, they're very predictable. They're always going to do the same thing. It's going to be the same issue. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody kind of does it. I just be a little bit extreme. I got called out on it. And I'm like, first of all, how many times have you watched The Addams Family? And how many times <laughs> have you begged me to watch it since you've been here? Yeah. Stop. So around that same line around like the, that kind of balance between like 
predictability and flexibility. My second question for you is around like, what's a meal that you like to cook on a regular basis or have been cooking regularly now? So I would like to start by saying I can cook. My mother taught me how to cook. I cook like a woman from Kentucky. Um, but when I started law school, I stopped cooking mm. um, or I stopped like enjoying cooking because it just, it was, it just was added stress because you got to like put the food in, you got to clean it up too. Um, and even in motherhood, um, I don't do like a ton of cooking. Like my son is in a chicken nuggets and french fries phase and blueberries. Don't ask about the combination. <laughs> um, so he's doing like a lot of that right now. I think that the one thing, so I bought this, um, so I don't know if you've seen on Netflix. I watch a lot of Netflix. Um, it's a show called, it's a series called High on the Hog. Mm, yeah. And so after I watched that, it was centered around African-American food being American food. Um, after I watched that, um, I don't know if it was in the series or it was after I kind of like did some digging around on the series, I bought this cookbook called Jubilee. Okay, I've only made one thing out of it, okay? <laughs> yeah. My dad uses it more than I do, um, you know, because he's retired, so he does, like, all the cooking, and so I spend a good two to three days out of the week, me and my son, at my parents' house. My dad cooks, mm-hmm. or my mom cooks, and then the other couple of days, I may cook, like, a spaghetti or something like that, but that's nowhere near a dish. Um, but there's a uh, chocolate devil's food cake I, I will say I have attempted and I, I really want it to be something that I can make I've been asking my mom to make it with me um, and she's like oh I just I don't bake from scratch I don't bake from scratch um, but I, I will say as somebody who does not cook regularly that is something that I want to master that cake and I want to be able to make it regularly yeah so that's interesting I, there's there's two things around that, right? There's the um, the takeout portion of it that I find to be interesting that I want to talk <laughs> with you a little bit about. But then there's also like the devil's food cake as well. So like mm-hmm. with the takeout, like, um, is it more so around like the streamlined nature of it? Because it's just like, as you mentioned, like you're, you're in advocacy work and like, I'm not necessarily too sure if like you do like any kind of advocating with local politicians or like state level or like federal level or anything of that nature. But like anytime that you're doing any kind of advocating work, your your hours can be pretty flexible. You know what I'm saying? You never know whenever you're going to particularly have like a meeting with someone because your schedule kind of depends upon whoever, you know, you're working with at that particular time. My question for you is, is that takeout around that same vein, around that kind of flexibility? Yeah, so I don't clear too much of my schedule to the cook. It's not the cooking, it's the cleaning up. Nah. I'm just not a fan. Um, <laughs> it takes too much time. Um, as I mentioned before, I'm a single mom, so it's just me and my son. Um, occasionally my parents, they live up the street. Um, but, you know, as far as this household, <laughs> it's just me and him. Um, and so I do federal policy work, so it's a bit more, it can, it, it can be very flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say flexible by saying I am a very uh, present mother. Um, you know, my son does swimming, he does uh, karate, he does soccer, he, 
you know, I go to the parent association meetings at his little school. Um, you know, he's we got all the birthday parties, um, you know. And so as long as I'm not out of town for work, I am at everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as, especially right now, this is a very chaotic time in, in my in my workspace. Mm-hmm. And so I think so for me, for what I do, like I do drafting of like policies. Yeah. Um, I do a bit a bit of research. Um, I do all all the outreach at my job. Um, you know, along with like assistance from our executive director, but a lot of like the outreach that falls in the policy realm falls on me. Um and uh, some of our communications um, stuff as well. So my schedule is typically uh, very busy, um, especially when you build in not only stuff for my son, but like organizations that I'm a part of, um, you know, I'm in a sorority. Um, we're, I'm in a, a mother's group for, for black mothers. Um, and so that requires a ton of work. That's actually the meeting I have to go to today um, that I said I was planning out because, um, you know, we're planning the programming for the kids for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, you know, there are two things that I'm going to knock off my list that I just rather not spend my time doing. That's cooking and cleaning. That's, that's just two things I'm just not, I'm not with. <laughs> um, and you know, it's very interesting because I grew up in a household with a mother who cooked every day mm-hmm. and she cleaned every day. Mm-hmm. You know, she 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 did the cooking, she did the cleaning. Um, my father now retired. My mom still works. My dad cooks every day. My dad cleans every day. So I grew up in that type of household. But when I first moved into my current home and, you know, I was working um, I want to say this was right before my son started school. I realized that taking a Saturday or a Sunday out of like my week to clean my house, just to have it dirty again <laughs> from my uh, to- my tornadic toddler. Is that a word? It's a word now. <laughs> um, from from my toddler tornado. Yeah. It just, I wasn't with it. Like, I'm, like, wasting time that I could be spending, you know, with my child. Going to the park, going to the museum, going to the movies. Um, you know, just playing in his room. You know, rubbing my house from the top to bottom. And, you know, all of that stuff. Plus, so, you know, like, when I cook, for example, my son wants to cook with me. Um, and I welcome that because, you know... There was that whole entire uproar about boys with kitchen sets and cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we welcome, you know, operating outside of the gender norms in this household, obviously. Um, but, you know, and while I welcome it, it creates a bigger mess um, <laughs> that then has to be cleaned up. So I think that, like, ordering out a couple of times, depending on the week. Yeah, sometimes I will cook. Sometimes, you know, I won't. But I think that that's more of a convenience thing. Um, I think that's more of a, you know, making time for 
other things that I deem more important, like going to the park, like unfortunately dressing up with my kid as a ghost spider while he is spidey. Um, <laughs> you know, things like that. Yeah. That I just think that are just so much more important. So, you know, like the cooking thing, not that I don't enjoy cooking. Um, cooking is fine, but you know, do I really want to, after I've cooked everything, you know, turn around and clean everything up and, you know, my small human wants to watch a movie together, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just easier, you know, oh, we want tacos tonight. I'll order tacos. We'll eat the tacos. I will then put everything in the bag, put it in a trash can, and now we can go watch Daniel Tiger. Yeah. So I I think that that's that's more um more my reasoning for it. Not really for flexibility. It's just more for having that free time. Right. Um. And so, like, when I when I found somebody to clean my house, I was like, I will gladly to get that time back in my schedule. I never thought about it until until a friend of mine, she was like, girl, you need to get somebody to clean your house. I was like, what? She was like, you need to get somebody to clean your house and do your laundry. And I was like, okay, I draw the line of laundry, but I'll <laughs> find somebody to clean my house. <laughs> yeah. For me, like, one of the saddest days that I ever had in Seattle was whenever my, um, the person who cleaned my house, like, had to quit because um, of like some personal reasons and things of that nature. And I was just like, oh, you just don't understand how much you were helping me out here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, no, like I told you my best friend was here last week. Right. And, you know, when I went to go pick her from the airport, I was like, I cannot have her coming into this house like dirty. And it was great because that same day that I went to go get her, the woman who um, comes in and helps with my house, she came that same day. And so when she walked into the house, it was like spotless. Right. Um, like, which is not what my house looks like right now. My house right now looks like um, a hurricane, you know, came through toys everywhere. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, when I was out of town for work, she came while I was out of town for work. And when I came home, it was so nice to come back to like a house that was clean. Right. Um, you know, cause I also travel a lot for work. Um, so I am gone quite a bit sometimes. So it's just, it's just all very, very helpful. Um, you know, if I, if I were in a bigger city, I would probably like just, have meal prep every single week like i don't mind popping something in the oven Mm -hmm. but as far as like putting everything together the the whole cleanup process is is a hot mess and i don't like to do it yeah no i totally understand that completely totally understand that so there's something about that that that's really interesting to me that like i've heard you talk about um several times over it's Like when it comes to the cleaning, cooking, like even like just these different aspects of like when we were talking about songs or things that you listen to or watch TV and things of that nature. um, It's around like um, this theme of being present um, for whatever your priorities are at that particular time. So like, um, for example, whenever you were talking about like the meals and things like that, you, you were mentioning around like, well, this time that I spend 
like not cooking or like not cleaning and things of that nature. That's more time that I can spend watching Daniel the Tiger with my with my son. Or that's more time that like we can um, potentially go to the park and like have some free time if I'm not cleaning or things of that nature. And so like I I really appreciate that in the sense of um, how you were able to one identify what those priorities were in your life but then also make space out of the 24 hours that we all get. And so like, Mm -hmm. you know, my question to you is like, how was this something that um, was always constant in your life that you always made space and time for the things that were for lack of a better term, a priority for you? Um, Or was this something that you had to um, learn how to develop um, through trial and error? I actually will admit, this is something that I really just got into this year. Mm. Um, I just kind of figured this out this year, how to like better prioritize my time. Um, I was still getting things done before this, but I was like burnt out. I was tired, um, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And so um, like, as an example, when I became a mother, I did a lot of, um, I, so I modeled my parenting style a lot um, against my mother's parenting style. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to realize that when I was a baby, when I was my son's age, my mom stayed home with me. My mom stayed home and, and you know, so I didn't go to daycare. You know, I didn't start going to anywhere until preschool, mm-hmm. you know, until I was like four. Um So when I had my son, I was still in law school. And so there came a moment where my mom was like, I don't even know what to tell you. Yeah. Because I, when I had you, I was at home, you know, I stopped working and stayed home with you. Um, I didn't work, you know, until you were older. I think, I think my mom started like formally working when I was maybe in the third or fourth grade. So, you know, up until that point, I've had a mother who was, you know, pretty much home a lot, except for like when she was out doing volunteer work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But my mother, you know, I had to really like stop, you know, trying to mimic, you know, I took things that I really enjoy and I still try to like give my son those things that I had. Cause I think that they were very beneficial. My mother being there a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where, you know, hiring somebody to come in and, and do certain things for me comes into play because it gives me more space to be, um, a closer, um, a, a closer version of, you know, my mother, you know, that I had, um, I also, this year, the laptop shuts at five o'clock. <laughs> um, so I don't do work after five. Um, and I say that, well, one, because I really don't have an opportunity to do work after five anymore because usually at five, we are running to whatever extracurricular activity I have uh, signed my child up for and then regretted it after. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, I stopped. I was, it started in January. I was like, the laptop shuts at five. I'm, I'm closing the laptop. 
I'm, yeah, can't do it. And I've kind of backtracked on it a little bit, especially this summer. But the laptop closes at five. Um, you know, my weekends and my evenings are either to do stuff with my son, to do stuff with my, you know, my parents um, and stuff like that, or for my own, like, personal development or personal professional development. Um, you know, I'm involved in a lot of different things, leadership programs, um, fellowships. And so that time is for that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And so I've made it a thing. If I need to do something for work that's going to require more time, I just start my day earlier. Um, and that that I've always kind of been like, but it took me a very long time to kind of realize that I was burning myself out because I had been, and I've, and I've always been like this, but I have been such a, I've been such a busy body. Mm -hmm. Um, and even after I like had my, so when I had my son, I went back to school like weeks later. Um, like I literally had him and I had a paper due for class and I couldn't find anybody to watch him. And so I bundled him up to keep him from the germs and I went and turned in that paper. Um, and I got fussed out, fussed out so bad by people because they were like, you're not supposed to be out. You're going to hurt yourself. Da, 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 da. You're not even supposed to be driving. And I'm like, I had no choice. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I when I came back that fall, I still maintained all of my leadership positions. I maintained, you know, like I was on our... Uh, journal, one of the journals at our law school. And I, I maintained my my position as the editor in chief, you know, which is like putting together a full sale publication. Mm-hmm. I overloaded my classes. I was I was taking, you know, too many classes. Um, you know, just to wrap up and you know, like really accomplish everything. Um and so after law school I went straight into work because I got what is considered to be a JD preferred job which meant that I didn't have to wait on bar results. I didn't have to be licensed. And so I went straight in. Um, So I think that in January of this year, in December, as I was going into January of this year, you know, I turned 30 January 1st. I was like, I got to slow it down. I got to slow down. I need to chill a little bit. It's been very difficult, you know, uh, to like not sign up for stuff, to not answer the call. Uh, you know, when people are like, oh, we need somebody. It's been very difficult mm-hmm. for me not to not to, to volunteer. Um, but I will say that, you know, back to, you know, I said that, that that Drake album is like, it's my vibe right now. That vibe gives relaxed. It gives you close your laptop at five. <laughs> it gives... <laughs> You know, you have a drink and you don't worry about what you have to do with the office. It gives, it'll get done. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just on the journey to fully embracing that. Um, and I think that all of these things that I've implemented, and because like I said, it's, it's been very recent. It's, it's only been about seven months. <laughs> Six months, baby. Yeah, that I've been that I've been doing this, but 
I've already kind of seen how much better it is. I've already seen how it, it'll it, it'll get done when it gets done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it'll get to the point where, you know, I'm kind of like, well, if you didn't tell me about this a week ago, it's not urgent now. Yeah. You know, um, you know, having to having to do that. And I'm still working on that. I'm, I'm still working on not dropping what I'm doing to pick up on things that people find to be more important. Um, that, that, that's going to be my second half of the year thing that I'm going to implement. Um, cause that, that can really throw a lot of things off, but yeah, that's just, it's something new. I haven't always done that. I've always been a busybody. Uh, I truly, truly resonate with everything that you were saying with that. And I think it's a it's a pretty good pivot to this last question around, like, where's the place that you would like to visit within the next year? So many places. <laughs> <laughs> so many places. Um, I, okay. So I, I have plans to... Um, visit quite a few places within the next year. Um, I'm going to leave one off because it's actually a surprise for somebody else. Mm. And in case I show this, I don't, I don't want them to hear about it. Um, so I, I'll throw this out there. I really want to go to Paris. Everybody, anybody who like really knows me knows yeah. that I've been trying to get to Paris since I was in like the eighth grade. So I'm going to Chanel bag. Um, <laughs> and like I'm dead serious for my birthday when I was like in the eighth or ninth grade, I asked my mother for a Chanel bag um, and she got me perfume. So Paris is very high up on my list. And, and I think it's because of like the lax vibe there. And I, uh, and Colombia is very high up on my list just mm. because of the uh, Afro, uh, Colombian culture there yeah I'm curious around like those two aspects of that because it's just like you know (laughs) just with knowing you and like understanding just um just the the concepts that I understand as you as a person Paris and Colombia makes a lot of sense to me in the sense of like (laughs) you know just it's total opposites but like at the same time it's just when I always think about you, the main thing that always comes to mind is like Breakfast at Tiffany's or like the um, Tiffany and Company and things. My favorite like movie. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and so, like that Paris gives me that kind of vibe in the sense of mm-hmm. not to say like Colombia or any other place isn't elegant, but it's just like the term is kind of synonymous with Paris. But then, like also. As you even mentioned, like when you were in law school, you were like editor in chief. You're like a part of like um, this Black Mothers organization, and like as you were mentioning, you're have a meeting later where you're going to be planning out like the programs for like the kids and things of that nature. You wanting to go to Colombia and like mentioning the fact of like the Afro-Colombian like history there. There is always this sense of connection toward who you are as a person and like appreciating the things that not only made you who you are today, but also using that as a tool to pass down to um, that future generation. And like two things that come to my mind that um, really stood out to me, one you mentioned on the show and the other one is just like context, but like 
the first thing is like when you were mentioning about like your mother and how when you were a child she was at home and like you wanted to try to give that same kind of aspect to your son because you know you really appreciated that and that was something that you really learned to value not only as a child but also into your adulthood as well and so to pass that kind of same type of attentiveness and love and care so that like you know as you <laughs> as you mentioned you know you're not going to subject to like gender norms because it's like that's moments that you can spend with your child you're not going to say like no you can't cook because you're a boy because of like many different reasons but like one that's just something that you can share and then also i believe and you please correct me if i'm wrong but i believe like your grandfather you recently got his like um i don't know what the technical term for it is but he basically got his like bachelor's degree and like the mm -hmm. work that you put towards learning the history of that is something significant to you and your family as a unit because that happened there but that's a story for like future generations as well to like to know the significance of these things and knowing the the context of an individual who like you know could have done all of these various different things but because of these different factors this is how it turned out yeah so you're you're totally right you're totally right. And I, I will say that Paris and Columbia are not that far off for, for me as far as like being like different. So I mentioned that like I was really interested in Afro-Colombian culture um, because in specific parts of Colombia, they retained a lot of pre-slavery culture. But after the Harlem Renaissance and, and during the Harlem Renaissance, a lot of black artists, writers, um, activists went to Paris mm -hmm. um, to escape a lot of the racism here in the United States. Um, and so there is a heavy, um, not heavy, but there's a small African-American Parisian culture in Paris that you can actually learn more about once you go there. So, I mean, that's, you know, yeah, I want to go. I want to go to the store. I want to go shop. But... Um, <laughs> You know, I also really want to go learn more about those individuals who went there to escape a lot of things going on in the United States. Um, so they're pretty, they're both kind of on brand, mm -hmm. both kind of on brand. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I definitely think it's on brand with who you are as a person. Yeah, and I do plan to bring the kid. I do plan to bring the kid with me. Um, <laughs> so it'll be a learning adventure for him to to learn about other cultures and, and you know things like that but i'm really glad you asked me that question because travel is actually pretty high up on my 2022 2023 list mm -hmm. well my friend you know i don't want to hold you too long and all those kind of things but i have a few lightning questions for you and then i'm gonna let you get back oh, no to not lightning questions <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be okay. I'm going to mess these up. <laughs> no, I feel like you're going to do exceptionally well. Trust me. So here we go. Do you prefer texting, talking, or video chats? Um. Okay, a combination of texting and video chat. I hate talking on the phone. I actually still make my mom make phone calls for me. Um, and if she won't do it, then I make my best friend do it. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, what or who inspires you and why? Sometimes, a lot of times when I talk about advocacy work, I gravitate more towards my father. Um, but I think that in life and in, in my life growth, um, I think that my mother inspires me a lot. Yeah. Um, she has really grown a lot in motherhood, in her professional life. Um, 
interested in her life in general. That sounds amazing. And on a scale from one to 10, how good are you at keeping secrets? Okay, so I'm going to go with nine and I will go with nine because, okay, at work, I am the secret keeper. Mm -hmm. Um, But, (laughs) big but, when like friends come to me with like secrets, like I, I, they're always like, okay, you can't tell anybody. I'm like, can I tell my mom? Can I tell Dawson? (laughs) My son. Uh, Can can I, can I tell Jackie? That's my best friend. Can I tell my dad? You know, I I specify like, can I spill these beans to at least one person? And I have like a regular group of people that I spill beans to. Yeah. Um, And if they tell me I can't, then I, I obviously don't. Um, But like anybody who like tells me secrets regularly, they know I have a list of people that I, I have to, <laughs> I have to spill beans to if the secret is like something that they would want to know about. So that's why I gave myself a nine because sometimes I won't keep the secret, but I always ask for permission first. <laughs> That sounds good. Well, you know, I really appreciate you and I I really appreciate the time that we shared today. And um, I hope that you have a great rest of your day and enjoy your day with Dawson and all the other aspects that you got to do for today. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. This has been another episode of Don't Be Coy with Uncle Lou. As always, I'd like to thank this episode's guest for a great conversation, as well as thank you, the listener, for joining in. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular, I always appreciate your support. If you like today's episode and ever want to listen to more, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And to join our community and access future bonus content, be sure to visit dbkpodcast.com. <laughs>